Frankie, come. Come on. Frankie, come. Good boy. Good boy. Sit. Good boy. Down. Down. Good boy. And stay. Stay. Good boy. How about you? Can you sit down and stay for the next half hour? This is Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Hello there, and welcome to the July 2020 edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. I'm Devon from Canada. Let's get this half hour underway with a song from Albert White called What Do You Mean You Lost Your Dog? So yes, this is July, and we have the back half of the month to get through. I don't know how you folks south of the equator are dealing with your winter, but I know up here in Canada and uh, North America, in spots, it's quite warm. Anyway, I think what we can do is tell our dogs forward, and march on into August, because the first full week of August, which is August 2nd to 8th this year, is International Assistance Dog Week. But how do you celebrate something like that when so many of us are still in kind of a lockdown situation? How do you celebrate that kind of occasion when we find ourselves in this situation? Well, according to Marcy Davis, who is the founder and coordinator of International Assistance Dog Week, 
there's still plenty we can do. That's what she was saying when I chatted with her from her home in Santa Fe, New Mexico. First of all, Marcy, welcome back to the program. It's good to have you again. Thank you. It's great to be back. So just for the benefit, maybe, of people who don't know, um, what are assistance dogs? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, there is some confusion out there about what is an assistance dog. And basically, the term assistance is an umbrella that really covers several different types of dogs that assist people with disabilities, like myself. Um, and those are different types. Like the ones we know of that usually come to mind the quickest are guide dogs for people who are blind or who have limited vision. Um, but there are lots of other types. There are mobility dogs that help somebody like me who uses a wheelchair. There are seizure alert dogs that help someone who may need to be alerted if they're diabetic and their blood sugar is fluctuating. Um, there's lots, and you know, and what's really amazing, Devin, is it's expanding. I know when I got my first assistance dog way back almost 30 years ago, you know, there were just service dogs and guide dogs, and that was pretty much it. But mm -hmm. now we're just beginning to learn all the different ways that dogs can assist people with different needs. And so I think of, of that term assistance dogs as that umbrella that covers all those different types of dogs and also hearing dogs that assist someone who is deaf or has hearing loss. So amazing things that dogs can do for people with, with limitations. It's awesome. Yeah, we seem to be finding out more and more uh, things that uh, dogs can do for us, aren't we? Yes, yes. It seems like we're just at the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. I mean, even now, you know, we're seeing dogs that are, are able to, to sniff out different viruses and all kinds of different things. It's really amazing, and they are such an incredible tool and gift to us, that's for sure. Yeah. So what was it that, that kind of spurred you on to apply for the uh, possibility of having a, a week to honor assistance dogs? Well, you know, I had my first service dog, love, um, Ramona. Lovey is my current dog. <laughs> um, they're, both, they're both black labs and very similar in their personalities, both little stinkers. <laughs> but I, I had Ramona, and she just changed my life. You know, it was such a game changer getting getting my first service dog. And when she passed away, I was devastated at the loss of her. Mm -hmm. And so that that encouraged me to write a book about her and and service dogs called Working Like Dogs. And I, I put down all the experiences I had had and hoping that that would help other people. And after I did that, you know, I just kept one, and I did that as, as a way to honor Ramona and her memory. Mm -hmm. and, and I wanted to do more, you know, and as I learned more and as I got my second dog, and I had such a great relationship with him, and he was so incredible, I met his puppy raiser who was amazing, and so was Ramona's as well. Cool. And so I wanted to do something bigger 
that could really, really highlight and celebrate not only these incredible canines, but also all the trainers and the volunteers and the donors, you know, because you know how much goes into mm-hmm. creating one of these animals. It's not just something that happens overnight. And so that was really it. I wanted to honor all the dogs and all the incredible people that contributed to those dogs' success. And have you received lots of uh, support over the years? Oh, my goodness, yes. Well, it started out I was doing it only in the United States, but it so quickly became obvious that it needed to be international. So I actually changed it from national to international because we have so many countries, and now I've lost count, Devin, of how many countries are celebrating it. It's just amazing. And, and it's, again, because we're learning more, more people are getting dogs and service dogs, assistance dogs than they ever have before. And so, yeah, the word is spreading and the needs are spreading. So people are really interested and they want to celebrate these incredible canines. Mm-hmm. This pandemic is meaning that people are locked down uh, in various countries and various states and provinces and that sort of thing. Have you maybe come up with a list of alternative ways that that the uh, dogs can be celebrated? Well, you know, we are absolutely supporting Zoom, you know, and some of the online platforms for people to communicate and people to have events, even um, trainings and lots of, of opportunities that we can we can be flexible, you know, as, as all of us are having to be. And it's certainly that flexibility and that creativity of finding other ways to celebrate is definitely translates to International Assistance Dog Week for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people are doing that. They're having um, celebrations. They're doing podcasts like yours and mine on Working Like Dogs and you know, they're just doing a lot of different things. They're writing articles. You know, there are lots of other formats other than gathering in the what we used to know as a gathering. There's lots of other ways to spread that word and message and to, to have those celebrations. So absolutely. And if uh, store owners or restaurant owners will let you in or take in a poster or whatever, uh, perhaps they could use uh that kind of medium as well. Absolutely. That's a great idea. Yes. Yes. Really, the sky is the limit in, in creativity for spreading the word. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about your podcast that you mentioned. Um, where does it, where can people subscribe to it? Yeah. Well, it's called Working Like Dogs. Um, people can find it on PetLifeRadio.com, and they can also find it at WorkingLikeDogs.com. And it is—I have so much fun on the website. I mean, on the on the podcast, interviewing people from all over the world. And we just—you know—I just invite people on the show that it's something that I want to know about. Mm-hmm. So we have guests that are—you know—that are experts in assistance dogs. But we also talk about other working dogs, you know, that are, you know, that work with law enforcement, 
that um, work in hospitals, you know, sniffing out different types of, of viruses. You know, so we just have a lot of, of fun interviewing people that have incredible working dogs and working animals even. We've had horses and birds and all kinds of, of animals um, on the show, which has just been such a delight, and I feel so honored to be able to visit with these people and to learn from them. How often does it uh, come on? You know, um, my producer lets that be totally up to me, and I wish that I did more shows, Devin, but I also have a full-time job that keeps me pretty busy. Oh, wow. I, you know, I try to do the show, you know, whenever I see something that piques my interest. Yes. Um, if somebody that I want to talk to, mm -hmm. then that's when I will drop everything and do that. Because I think if it's something I'm interested in, then other people um, similar to me might be interested in it. So it's such a labor of love with no pressure that I get to schedule and, you know, and do, do interviews and do shows when it, when it works for my schedule, which is such a gift. Mm -hmm. well, let's hear about your dog, Lovey. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, I am, Lovey is actually my fourth service dog. And she is a little black lab who is a little um, firecracker herself. She's got all kinds of ideas and attitudes and is very, she's the most confident dog I've ever had. <laughs> and I adore her. She has really been amazing. And she was trained by Assistance Dogs of the West, which is actually an assistance dog organization here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So I'm so fortunate that they're close by. And they've been such a wonderful agency to get my dog from. And then I'm, as I said, Lovey is starting the retirement process. Oh, dear. And I have, I have started the successor dog process. Ah. Actually about to get my fifth dog. Wow. And he is a golden retriever named Fenway. And you asked about the pandemic. And actually, it was really interesting. I went through the placement process of interviewing with dogs in December, and I met Fenway, but he was really young when I met him, but he and I hit it off so quickly that the trainers asked me if I was willing to wait for him, <laughs> but they told me it would be about another year, and I said yes, because Lovey really wasn't ready to retire that day. I knew she had another year in her, mm -hmm. so I said yes, I'll wait for him. Well, they started letting him, they let him come to our house, you know, to meet Lovey and to meet um, my cats and, you know, get to know the house and see if we were a good match. Mm -hmm. And we were, so he was doing sleepovers. But in January and early February, when things started to change with the pandemic, they actually called me and asked me if I'd like to keep him while, during the pandemic because they were looking for some places for their puppies mm. to be housed during the pandemic. Right. So I got to, to get him, which is really a new experience. I've never had that experience in getting a dog. So he has been living with us since February, and it's been really – and he goes to school still. And even during the pandemic, he's been going about twice a week um, so that he works with his trainers. But it's been a really different process. Mm -hmm. it's amazing to get to, to get to know him as a baby and to watch him grow into into being a service dog. Which it's been amazing his transformation in the last six months. 
Necessity is definitely the mother of invention, isn't it? Yes, yes, uh, yeah. And you just have to be open, you know, and just be willing to, again, adapt. And, and again, what does the disability teach you but how to be flexible and adapt? So <laughs> that's for sure. I think that's one of the, the beauties of having a disability. It helps you learn to cope with lots of things that other people may struggle with. Yes, that's so, right. Yeah, it's been an adventure. You need to think out of the box. Right. Think outside the box. Just go with the flow. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well yeah. That, so, International Assistance Dog Week is August 2nd to 8th this year? I believe so. Yeah. Honestly, Devin, I'd have to check. This <laughs> every year. Yep. And I'll tell you, um, the way I came up with August is actually I grew up in the South, and those are the dog days. I oh. grew up knowing those are the dog days of summer. Yes. So that's why I always chose the first week of August, the first full week of August, are the dog days. And so that's why I chose that date. Oh, that's great. That's dog week, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're going to be busy that week, I'm sure. Yes, yes. We're going to be doing all kinds of different things. And we're actually, yeah, having a different speakers and doing a conference. Assistance Dogs of the West is doing some different things. So, yeah, it's wonderful. Virtually? Well, yes. We are doing a conference um, actually specific to courthouse dogs. Oh. Um, I don't know, yeah, if you're familiar with those yes. assistance dogs. They, as you may know, work with children in the court system, mm-hmm. um, children who've been abused. And so we're doing a conference on August 6th and 7th for courthouse dog handlers, uh, where we're having all kinds of wonderful speakers. We have Dr. Singleton, who works with ECAD. Um, that you may know that that service dog and an assistance dog organization um, in, on the East Coast. They're wonderful. Okay. He's speaking, and Dr. Wynn is speaking about his book, Dog is Love. Um, so lots of great speakers. We're really excited about it. And, yes, it's all virtual. Terrific. Can <clears throat> other people uh, register, or can they... Uh, can they uh, phone in or whatever if they... Yes, they, they can actually. If they want to contact me, um, and they can contact me at workinglikedogs at gmail.com if they're interested, and I will give them the information and help them get registered. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, Marcy, for chatting with us, and uh, good luck once again with uh, International Assistance Dog Week, and uh, it'll be good to uh, hear what other people in various countries around the world are doing. Will they um, post that sort of thing on a website? Um, yes, people can go to International Assistance Dog Week's website, um, and there's information there. You know, there's so many things going on, Devin, that we used to post them all, but now there are so many we can't keep <laughs> up with them. Uh-huh. So there's, but there's definitely information. There's um, proclamations. There's sample um, press releases. If people want to use them, all that information is on there, and it's free to download. So really encourage people to check that out. 
So that's International Assistance Dog Week dot org. O R G. Okay, terrific. Well, they can get more ideas that way and maybe translate them into something that they can do at home. Yes, yeah. yes. So much fun. Well, thanks so much for uh, chatting with us again, Marcy, and all the best. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Deb. It's always a pleasure to be here and visit with you. Thank you so much. As much as I love for you For you may think My dog will always come through All he asks from me is the food To give him strength All he ever needs is love And that he knows he'll get So I love my dog As much as I love for you For you may think My dog will always come through all the pay I need comes the shining through his eyes I don't need no cold water to make me realize That I love my dog as much as I love for you For you make a thing, my dog will always come through As I love you, for you make things my dog will always come through. That, of course, was Cat Stevens with I Love My Dog. We still have a few minutes left, and I'd like to share the contents of an article that a friend of mine found on Facebook a few days ago. The article is by Kathy Dixon, and I don't know where she's from, but the information is very valuable, and I thought it was a good thing to share here. <laughs> Apparently, the family dog was bitten by some kind of bug and reacted badly with hives and that sort of thing. So, the family gave the dog a Benadryl gel cap. And almost right away, the dog took a turn for the worse. And uh, 
by the time they got the dog to the vet, the dog's blood sugar was only 36, which I think, if you translate it uh, into uh, millimoles, is two point something. Uh, so that is uh, not a good thing for anybody to have a blood sugar that low. Finally, the uh, vet managed to get the dog stabilized and uh, sent it uh, to another veterinary clinic. And the dog was there for most of the day. And by the time uh, 4.30 came around, the dog was ready to go home. It turns out, now here's the part that you need to take note of, and me too. It turns out that dogs will take a bad reaction to Benadryl gel caps because they contain an artificial sweetener called xylitol, which we all know is fatal to dogs. It's uh, as well as being in Benadryl gel caps, xylitol can also be found in peanut butter and can you imagine, I mean, we all, a lot of us put peanut butter into a, a con toy so that the dog can lick it out and uh, chase the con around and that sort of thing. Anyway, peanut butter, uh, toothpaste, uh, gums, like sugarless gums, some jams. So you'll need to be certain when you give the dog a Benadryl tablet that it is a tablet and not a gel cap. And you may also want to check on your peanut butter jar to make sure that that brand does not have artificial sweetener in it, because that's what xylitol is. So we have to be very careful about that. I'd like to thank my friend Barb for that information, and certainly Kathy Dixon for writing that article and sharing it with us. All right, we are just about finished, but I thought uh, it would be an appropriate way to end by playing Walter Brennan and his recitation called Tribute to a Dog. I wish each and every one of you a very happy International Assistance Dog Week, whatever you're doing. And if you have the chance to thank your puppy raisers or your trainers or whoever, tip your hat to them too, because without them we wouldn't have our dogs. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. One absolutely unselfish friend that a man can have in this selfish world. The one that never deserts him. The one that never proves ungrateful or treacherous is his dog. A fellow's dog will stand by him in prosperity or poverty, in health or in sickness. He will sleep on the cold ground where the winter winds blow 
and the snow drives fiercely. If only he can be near his master's side. He'll kiss the hand that has no food to offer. He guards the sleep of his pauper master as if he were a prince. When all other friends desert, well, that dog remains. When riches take wings and reputations fall to pieces, he is as constant in his love as the sun is in its journey through the heavens. Now, if misfortune drives the master forth, an outcast in the world, friendless and homeless, the faithful dog asks no higher privilege than to just be with him to guard against danger and to fight against his enemies. And when the last scene of all comes, and death takes the master in its embrace, and his body is laid away in the cold ground, no matter if all other friends pursue their way, there by the graveside will the noble dog be found. His head between his paws, his eyes sad, but open in alert watchfulness, faithful and true, even, even in death.